2: We even conquered Europe in 1982. The Villa Boys from Aston, we travel near and far. You can hear us singing from the stands at Villa Park. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now, so I'll play it for you. It's uh, called My Old Man.
3: He makes the angle for the cross they got it and can check that he says again but McGinn is not holding back
0: his celebrations
1: Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOwnManSaid Joining me on episode eighty-seven of the greatest podcast in the world, Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome, hello, and Mr. Dan Rogers, back again, <laughs>
2: back for more, more, more,
1: more draws, more winless games.
2: Oh, I love it. It's truly is twenty fifteen all over again. <laughs>
1: Don't say things like that because we would be looking at statistics and saying things like we are only one point better off than we were. After the first seven games of that ill-fated 2015 Stroke 16 season, so hopefully uh, Villa can keep it together <laughs> and transition into a uh, decent middle of the table team.
2: I mean, Wesley will will morph into a into a really good version of Rudy Gestede. I've got absolute faith. <laughs> I
3: think it's the haircut, isn't it? It's probably the haircut will work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think I love Ru- following Ru- this club, don't you? Maybe Louise and him should have swapped haircuts and
1: didn't Gested once he cut his dreads, didn't he turn into a half the man he was? Yeah, he ended up in Middlesbrough. Yeah. And how's that working out for him? Actually, if he just went off the radar, didn't he? Anyway, this is not the Rudigstead podcast. This is <laughs> not anymore, anyway. This oh. is <laughs> This is the My Our Man said podcast, and coming up on the show we will discuss Wesley, and I'm sure we'll be calling him several different names. We'll be discussing the two two draw at home against Burnley. One of the trio of games uh, that we thought we really should be taking six, seven points from. Well, that's one point, so we've just got six to go, and... (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes! Uh, Also up on the show, we'll be discussing about uh, how to get rid of a manager. This is nothing to do with Dean Smith before you start to get hot rashes and cold sweats. Uh, This is how you cash out on a manager once uh, you just know he's not very good. Also, we see what truly happens, uh, and we have a little bit of experience of this, uh, when you lose a playoff final. And we'll also find out about a new possible decision that maybe it's up to VAR to make... uh, Oh, we'll have a Scott Hogan touch count. We've had it on ice for the last two weeks, but this time it's coming back because we need something to lift our spirits. And obviously, uh, we will discuss every feature of that Burnley game. And we will discuss what Smith is doing right and what he's doing wrong, in our humble opinion. Before we go on to uh, the three points, a quick shout out to uh, our friend in Bahrain. Bahrain. Khalid Hamad, who was actually uh, over in uh, Brummie for the uh, Villa Burnley game, big Villa supporter who lives in Bahrain uh, most of the time. He got in touch regarding uh, inviting us to uh, some of those games that we've been uh, highlighting in the, the three points over the last few weeks and his uh, suggestion, I think it was the, the Bahrain-Iran game, which is coming up, I think, in this, the first international break in, in October.
2: Been interesting away
1: day for us. Well, yeah,
2: no, he offered, he offered to
1: pay for the tickets and the Accommodation. So, if anybody wants to offer up the flight, we'll be there.
3: (laughs) I mean, I survived Blackpool on Saturday night. So. (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this might be a bit more tasty than uh, Blackpool. Be warmer. Well, yeah, no, that's that's half the reason <laughs> of, of going, but it is, is I mean, I looked at the table and it is the uh, the top of the table clash for that group at the moment, the group that also includes Cambodia, Hong Kong and Iraq. Pedigree. And uh, as Khalid uh, said, I think the referee is going to need two decks of cards because it's going to be a bit <laughs> a bit feisty uh <laughs> considering the current uh, political climate there. Right, let's get into these uh, three points. Number one, I think I'll do this one. Uh, This is the week where uh, we found out what happens when you lose a championship player final. Basically, you know, the gates of Hades opened up and you get swallowed up, as uh, we found out two seasons ago when uh, we lost against uh, Fulham. We almost went into administration. I mean, our our tragedy was more financial. Uh, Derby's, though, seems to have, I mean, they went out... as a group on a scheduled team-building dinner, or team-destroying, as it uh, turned out. Uh, <laughs> well, obviously, I think they were given the green light to have a few beers. And uh, first mistake, thank yeah, me. don't don't open the portal. And uh, while well, most of them uh, left around eight o'clock and weren't involved a small group decided to take it on into the night led by team captain richard keogh and they decided to uh well uh, have probably more than a few beers extra and uh they had i mean you know this we're talking about highly paid players who have cars laid on by the club but they you know they shunned them away and decided to uh well basically crash their own vehicles
3: didn't they
2: I just it defies logic and reason this but carry on
3: I mean, it's, it defies logic and reason, but it's standard footballer behaviour. It's kind of par for the course. Well, well, I mean, we've
1: it? we've kind of s- seen it down the line. But, you know, Richard Keogh suffered a serious knee injury, which is, I mean, he's obviously injured, but I think, you know, they've said he's out for the season and since his contract runs out, it basically means he's out of the club. See you later. And he's never going to play again. And, you know, what's the, sorry, what's the details on the other players that uh, have obviously been blacklisted or potentially
3: blacklisted? Was it Mason Bennett, was it? One of their sort of relatively promising young players, and Lawrence as well. And there's talk that they might be. St- Which one was puking in the toilet? Mason Bennett, I believe the, the picture of him uh, throwing up was of.
2: Puking into him into a men's isn't isn't the best image building, is it for any any younger aspiring football? or
1: young YouTuber? Shout shout out to <laughs> make oh. Stakes, Wembley Stadium.
3: Ah yes. <laughs> He stooped lower than the Al header. Not that Max saw that bit of the game, but
1: You sent you sent us a WhatsApp of about eleven different pictures. What was there anything funny mm. about that, Mr Budd? Was there any highlights or standout? I mean, he,
3: the the picture itself just looks horrible, the of the injury. Just just his knee just opened up. Mm. Um, that's pretty horrible. Obviously, the the both lads are going to lose their driving licences. They may get. I wouldn't have thought they'll get jail time. They'll get community work. It's just the the, the sort of the the touch and go thing now. Will be whether the club decides to just kick them out. You know, for for ruining your the club captain didn't
1: and, didn't it all kick off because the uh, the cap the club captain's card uh, defaulted. Yeah,
3: wasn't it, accepted. Yeah, they had a I think it was like about an eight hundred eight hundred pound barber.
2: They had a they had a, a recon group issued card, didn't they? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, they couldn't pay the bar bill, let alone the tax on top.
2: Terrible really.
3: And then and then apparently uh Keo decided he would lie about his name. <laughs> What's what did <laughs> What's he say? So I'm, I'm I'm idea. Nathan Baker. Apparently his name was Alfie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my god.
1: Rumours, allegedly, rumours that they, as well as having a, obviously an alcohol test, uh, they had a drugs test as well. And uh, according to this WhatsApp group, tested positive for cocaine. But we'll see what happens there. I wouldn't, wouldn't be, surprised. be surprised because a lot of players do it So uh, and have done down, yeah. you know, over the years as well.
2: It does yeah. force you to bring that classic comparison that if, if you behaved in this way, there, there wouldn't even be any space for the debate around, you know, would you have a job tomorrow? Would you... Would there be any question? You wouldn't have any further, you know, further issues to answer for And It's just this bizarre world that mega rich footballers seem to operate in that they're not only do they behave in such a way they think they're above the law, that, that they almost have a room to manoeuvre that, that there's, you know, they should just be sacked. Yeah.
3: I mean, dare, dare I say it, they almost know they almost are above the law, as mm-hmm. sad as it sounds. They're like, well, I'm going to get away with it. What's the worst that can happen? I can just get a driver. I've, I've, wrecked, I've wrecked a Range Rover They were offered drivers, that's the crazy yeah. thing that yeah. you know, m-
2: multiple millionaire probably footballers and they, they didn't even, they were offered free cars and it's you know, they were, they were lucky not to kill themselves or others
1: A lot of the time these issues happen is because people around like, let's say famous people or rich people are, are kind of sycophants and like yes people and also they'll, you know, they'll cover it up if they're getting their wages paid, I mean you just look look at what happened over, you know at the BBC over the years that let's say some of their more famous presenters And what happened to them? You know, these people are facilitated with their deviances. This is the problem. A lot of people haven't got principles to stand up to them because they fear they're going to lose their job. Anyway, let's move on to uh, point number two, Mr. Dan Rogers.
2: So need to cash out on a new manager? Check their betting slips. So, this is the story of Wally Downs, great name for any football manager, by the way. And then, Wally Downs, AFC Wimbledon have suspended uh, after a betting charge. So, the Dons haven't won in their 11 games this season, and they're only propped up by Bolton, who, of course, were uh, following their administration. They were docked uh, 12 points at the beginning of the season. I think they're on minus nine now. Wally Downs has been with Wimbledon since 2018. And he's now been charged by the FA in respect of eight bets that he's placed uh, on games between uh, the end of uh, 2013 uh, up to the summer of July 2019.
1: I want to know what these bets are.
2: Yeah, it's quite random, isn't it? Yeah.
3: Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't say it's a gambling problem, is it? It's more of a this has got to be an insider thing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Wally Downs is not a multimillionaire and he's obviously trying to make a bit on the side and that's where the insider trading comes in. It's when you need the money because these people playing in the Premier League aren't going to risk their ginormous wages on some they don't need any more money, so there's nothing in it, in them to influence games. But at the lower level, that's where it kicks in because people obviously can succumb to uh, temptation.
3: Anyway, point number three, Mr. Budge. Another possible decision for, uh, for VAR to make as ball boys go rogue. So we've seen... Managers and assistants and all number of people getting the red card treatment, but at Yeovil this weekend, we saw a new victim of the early bath, which was the ball Boys. So at Hewish Park, eight red cards were branded in the Yeovil Town versus Bromley game, which ended 3-1. Normally, eight sendings off is enough to have the game abandoned. Previously happened actually with, was it West Brom a few years
2: ago? Yeah, in Sheffield United, I, I think.
3: Yeah. So with um, 10 minutes to go, the referee, Aaron Jackson, warned a ball Boy about delaying Giving the ball back to a Bromley player, <laughs> which is strange in itself. It must have been happening all game. And then the ball boy then repeated this trick for time wasting, and the referee decided to send him and all the ball boys off. So I do like one steward me. was yeah, one steward was tasked with the uh, hilarious job of gathering up these naughty schoolboys and marching them <laughs> he off. He got down his the pipe tunnel. out and he did it, the pipe piper of Hamelin. Yeah, Just strolled <laughs> them off down the tunnel. <laughs> which must have made for a fantastic phone call for the parents sorry your son's in detention well they've obviously been set up by the club to do it aren't they the kids don't do it on
1: their own free will yeah it's a tactical thing yeah. isn't
3: it you know and I'm sure it's part of the home advantage you know if you want to if you, when you've got the ball and you want a momentum give me the ball straight back
1: yeah, you've got to do it a bit subtly or uniquely. I remember the old Villa ball boy who it was against QPR, wasn't it? Was it Two thousand fifteen, mm-hmm. when the ball he was behind the goal and he started doing keep me ups while he was lying down on his back. And then when Rob Robert Brilliant. Green came up to him to get the ball, he just rolled it between his legs, didn't he?
2: Just made. I, I mean, in fairness, Rob Green, it, the ball does go through his legs yeah. quite a lot, so it's inconclusive. So
1: I mean, he basically took the piss out of him. And then obviously the Swansea ball boy who was obviously time-wasting, against uh, Chelsea in the League Cup semi-final when Swansea actually beat Chelsea and set up a, a final against, uh, what were they called, uh, Aston? Oh, no, Bradford City.
2: <laughs> oh, God, you reminded me. Oh, God. Oh, God, my Paul Lambert gland is going off. <laughs> it's oozing. It's oozing Ashley Westwood into my veins. He should have been sacked but man, that, right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I watched it back, actually. Uh, and But he was a little bastard, wasn't he? He was, was 17. And he he feigned his injury.
2: And he winked as well. I remember him winking Yeah, he afterwards. was doing a
1: Wesley, holding onto his gut, you know, holding onto his ribs and crying. I'm dead.
3: I'm, I'm out cold. <laughs> I love the fact that that story at Yeovil does end, though, that the fact that in stoppage time, the referee had to go and get his own ball because, of course, <laughs> there were no ball boys to get him one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Fucked himself there, hasn't he? <laughs> Right, before we go on, uh, please do uh, make sure if you're listening uh, on
1: Apple or Spotify to subscribe. It just helps uh, once you have a certain amount of subscribers, I'm sure the inner equations or analytics helps uh, spread it in system to other listeners, or potential listeners should I say. Also, I just want to give a quick shout out to the My oh Man Said uh, patrons. Please do join up to be a Mayo oh Man Said patron because then you will have access to bonus shows uh, like the Anti-Preview, which is a new weekly irreverent Kind of look at our, our opponents and uh, a few memories and thoughts that they actually spring to our, our nasty, sordid
2: minds. It's mostly hate speech, I think, is how I think we might need to it's, rebrand it. It's the it.
1: type of stuff that if it was on uh, YouTube, we would be demonetized th- because of hate speech.
3: <laughs> that. <laughs> We call it group That's therapy, why though. we're not on YouTube.
1: <laughs> and thank you very, very much to the new uh, My oh Man Said patrons, uh, Joe Peters, Jake, and Martin Ambler as well. And also, uh, as I mentioned on the, uh, the last show, uh, well, A. Eight- 6.5 uh, I've forgot, forgotten uh, over the last few weeks to give uh, shout outs to the uh, Facebook supporters which is like another variation of uh, the My oh Man said patrons uh, who also get access to bonus podcasts and an exclusive content stream so if it's easier for you to uh, support the show that way uh, do sign up there although we, I do recommend the normal patrons a better option because it allows us to do uh, more things uh, for people who support us but anyway it might be a more suitable option for you but anyway, Anyway, shouts out to uh, Damon Pritchard-Williams, James Massey, Jordan Crawley, Patrick Waldron, Martin Holmes, Jack Greenwood, and also Michael Smith. Thank you very much. And uh, if you want to become a Facebook supporter, just go on the Facebook page. You'll see uh, the button to uh, be a supporter and more details are there. Facebook stroke my omen said right villa burnley this was one of the trio of games we highlighted and you know pretty much every villa supporter highlighted as uh, games that we needed to get points out uh, although in this league as i said you've got to take your opportunities when they come for points when you're a team in transition like we are and rebuilding you can't say oh well we'll get points here there and there in we're at the level where we can't select games where we're going to get points because uh We are a team that everybody else is uh, looking at and saying we're going to get points off. So uh, in terms of the selection, uh, I mean, obviously Smith tried to uh, change it up a bit. Uh, Target came in, as we did say on the show, uh, was lightly. So Target came in, also uh, Horahan came in, and uh, it wasn't in for Nakamba, who continued uh, over Douglas-Louise. And uh, hey-ho, that's how we played. And first half seems
3: seemed to be uh, going swimmingly, didn't it? Yeah, they they came out of the traps, you know, quickly. It looked like you'd kind of just tweak the system slightly. It looked more like a sort of like a 4-1, 4-1, with a sort of a fluid four who would all kind of move around, which was, you know, for the first 45 minutes worked well. My big sort of take from the the slight changes was the difference having Matt Target in the team makes Mm -hmm. in terms of you have that constant out ball because he will hug hug the touchline bomb on and then when he gets into the final third he's got the ability to deliver which we've Mm. said probably weekly on the podcast that it's not rocket science if you can get to the byline and deliver a good ball you're going to make chances and that's where both goals came from.
1: People said when he came in, like if you're looking at the pros and cons of a player's, when you know when you're doing your analysis, people said, well, you know, he's, he's not the fastest player in the world, and you know, it's, it's always a bonus to have speed. But for me, it's uh, you also need the inclination, you need the uh, the determination, and to actually get forward and actually have a go and, you know, have the intent. And if you haven't got that, then, you know, it doesn't really matter. And and he has that. And, you know, that's what's put him on the radar in the first place. As Chris said, it, he does change the dynamic and make us a bit more, uh, let's say, potent, wider out.
3: I think it, it allows, by having, you know, an Al or a Trezeguet or whoever it's going to be on the right, even if it's just Gilbert, you can have two guys with, you know, hugging the touchlines and all of a sudden the likes of McGinn and Grealish to a certain extent, Hoorahan, they just get that little bit more space in the middle of the park because they always have an out ball. Mm. And if they you know, normally Taylor, will get the ball on the touchline generally from a Mings or Nakamba. And he'll always look to go back. Target will actually push past. So he gives Grealish an option to go to pass forwards rather than across and back, across yeah. and back, across and back. So that's, you know, it's, you know, we, we said numerous times in the show, even in pre you know, we need to have more dynamic fullbacks for 45 minutes you could see that, oh, actually, do you know what? There's a a little glimmer that this might be the way this will work for Villa moving forward. I mean, I thought... In terms of the personnel, it was a it was about right. I don't, I wouldn't look at the squad and say you know, I'd change that for that. There didn't seem too many obvious changes in the team and formation.
1: As we said, you know, at the start of the season, this was a potential way of improving uh, Villa. Was obviously more dynamic fullbacks because suddenly, if you've got two running down the line, instead of as you said, you know, the fullback getting the ball and just passing it back because there's three or so players uh, ahead of him, you've got him and the wide midfielder potentially able to scheme together to actually. Uh, get a break down the line and obviously get deliver in balls. There seems to be a, a a gamely VAR decision that uh, brings out Mm. conjecture amongst fans. And you know, Villa fans actually at Villa Park were actually singing songs about VAR. (laughs) Yes, we were not favorable ones in this case. When you look at it, I mean, I thought he was offside anyway uh, when he played the ball, and that's what the replay shows is offside. So it, it's, you know, it's not a goal in the strictest sense of the word. But the fact that I had time to tweet out, you know, blah, 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 McGinn scores, mm. blah, 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 mm. blah. And, it you know, it wasn't like tweeting it out straight away, I you know, a few seconds after the goal. In your mind, what yeah. was the time between, uh, obviously we didn't have a stopwatch on it, but it seemed a long time. A good couple of minutes.
2: It, it, well, it was, I mean, and, and I... I... Well, I'm about to say like a a real modernism of, I suppose, the type of things that I do from the ground. But I had I had time to film the goal celebrations, trim the trim the footage, and I was about to hit (laughs) send on the fucking tweet. I was like, I'm just gonna watch what goes on here. Uh, It was the duration where it was that longer period that I I actually thought Villa dog. I got when got a Villa dog. I deep throated it all the way down, and 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 still the decision hadn't come. And that was the th- that was the point. of it It was more the yeah. length of time that something that there was a hint of offside at the time. I wasn't sure from my vantage point on the whole end. But it took so long, and I mean both sets of teams were in each other's heart, back in each other's opposing halves, weren't they? Yeah. Before he marched them I mean,
3: back. The, yeah, the, the celebrations were kind of finished. The Villa players were walking back to the centre circle. The yeah. Burnley players had stormed off in a huff.
2: That's the issue with VAR. That and, is the and, issue.
3: And no one knew, you know, nobody knew that it was under review, did they? This is what the, the referees will, will say, or the referee and body.
1: The linesman has been instructed that because they've got VAR, let it play out, see what happens, and then mm-hmm. let's use VAR to make the decision. I think it's so a on that one, approach. and this is the problem, on that one, if he's like, yeah, I think that's offside, he'd raise his flag. But if he knows he's got VAR, then mm-hmm. he's going to let it go. But then it's that decision. And once that ball's in the net, if he's let it go for VAR, VAR better fucking deliver an instant decision because Mm. a lot of people saying it's killing the the soul of football, you know, we're celebrating goals and then having them taken away from us. That isn't really an issue because that happens every time on offside goals because most people aren't looking at the linesman so they're celebrating. If I'm, for example, if I, for a game, if I'm in the Trinity end and when I've been in there and there's been an offside goal, normally I'm on the line of the linesman so I see his flag straight Away. So I'm there like cold as ice, still as a stone, where everybody and you just see the whole tend erupt <laughs> and you're just waiting for them to all go, ah, fuck, mm. it's offside. So there is that, that's happening anyway, but it's that delay. If you're celebrating and then you, you kind of carry on the celebration, you go into limbs territory for want of a better term yeah that's
3: when it yeah. takes mm. the soul away Mike I mean we, we sort of used the comparisons with rugby and I'd use the comparison this week with a rugby and also with cricket you know you look at how a say a court behind or an lbw decision in cricket you know because the players get timed out don't they if they want to put a um yeah. a referral review so everyone yeah. in the ground knows oh, okay he's been yeah he, mm. he' reviewed yeah he's been given out oh okay he's oh, okay he's gone for a review and everyone knows what's going on the big thing for me in the ground was the timing was bad but yeah. no one knows yeah. You know, at least when a goal's disallowed, the, the conventional way for offside, the flag goes up, everyone goes up, they look over and go, oh, fucking hell. And, it, and that's relatively instant. No one knew it was under review. Yeah. It wasn't like mm-hmm. the ball's gone in, the ref's blown up like in a rugby game, and then, you know, straight away, RK's referred it straight to the video. So everyone goes, oh, fucking hell, this might not be a goal. The
1: reason it doesn't flash up VAR, VAR flashing madly on the big screens, which it should do, really, when you think about it, is because they're yeah. scared of the crowd. And, and they've thought, mm-hmm. we're doing it's this, we'll do this on the sly, really. And it's going to. Backfire. I think There's it makes it quite decisions. toxic
2: for me. That, that, it does. Well, what it's doing is is that, that I think VAR's got something to, to deliver in the game and, and it's eroding any... It's eroding it and in what it's created, it's a very divisive thing where actually VAR should be getting the, the key decisions right most, the vast majority of the times where it's not subjective. Um, but, but just to finish off on, on, on this point, because I think we can talk forever everyone a day, that the technology exists where they need to, the linesmen and the referees still need to do their jobs. Because if you call that in that phase of players offside, it was offside and it you know it would have been a marginal call. But I, I think to allow I, allow these phases of play to go on, I think it opens ambiguity of how far do you go back. I think that's a big argument, and and I also think it opens opens into this debate of people going well instantly. VAR would know if that was offside, you know. And I think that it it's this clouding of the offside rules and those marginal rules in football that creates that creates the, the debate around these things. I mean, ultimately, for me, it, it's it's it, you know to pick up on finally on the point of the toxicity. It really does turn me off football. You know, because it is, it's is—it's a huge part of it for me that I'm not going to say you could allow for human error before, but that, that there was a legitimate reason for it happening. You know, an official wouldn't give a wrong a decision for the wrong reason. And now we've got the technology to, to correct that. Why aren't we applying it in the right way? Referees.
1: I mean, it's it's a difficult job in terms of the speed of the game and getting yeah. it right, et cetera, et cetera. But if you watch a game on TV, you know instantly pretty much if it is mm,
0: unless it's exactly. a 50
1: 50 and you need to watch a few replays but you know pretty much instantly when somebody's offside or if uh, you know goals over the line whatever whatever yeah. if something's sending off a fence now i would say somebody in the bloody var booth should have that same reaction especially somebody who's fucking trained to uh you know look at oh, the it's, game it's- in that way Exactly. So should the linesmen, I mean, surely they are already, be mic'd up, you know, give them a fucking electric shock if it's offside, give them it so it's instantaneous, <laughs> you know, give them the beep so they can pretty much, even if they're hesitating like a, a second and the ball goes in the net, you know, they've got the flag up. And-
2: well, I'm going to repeat what I said a couple of weeks ago. I think that I think there's the, the, if you were to invent football tomorrow, I think you get, a, you get rid of the on-field officials. I, I think they're a spent force and you just use, use the fantastic... At the top, at the elite level of of the game, you can use you know ultra HD footage instantly make a decision. Call it that way. i, I you know. You need some real
1: pitch, I, I think. But but I mean, like for example, NFL has people on the pitch.
2: Well, even if that person's just relaying what what's you know what the decision is of the of the eyes off the pitch, I don't know. That's a bigger bigger debate for for another time.
3: I mean, my my sort of final point is I I still don't get why though if they've got the technology and they and they're clearly using it and they would use it in other sports and it works brilliantly in rugby just put it on the fucking well, screen this is the thing yeah. <laughs> and that there are certain there are certain decisions where you think okay if it's a really nasty tackle and everyone's missed it they think it's a bad one but they they always look worse in slow mo but for something like an offside you know you're going to be frustrated you think oh fucking hell why are you offside but if it's if there's clear daylight you're just going to go well all right they've clearly yeah. made the right decision hmm. I'm frustrated but It's not going to incite violence. To carry on my my my
1: point about uh, you know it's a difficult job for referees. Blah blah blah. They were given a, a golden egg, and that's finally after much debate the use of technology that would pretty much 100% determine if a decision is right or not. But as you know, Chris has just alluded to there, they've decided, well, we don't want the fans to, to know about it. How are we going to mm, execute this? Bullshit. And they've probably executed it in the worst way possible because make yep, it part of the game
3: yep. and then it's immersive. Yeah. But even if we don't see the video, just tell us about the referral. So, Because then he can make an instant decision. The ball hits the back of the net, bang, VAR referral on the screen. The whole crowd goes up. And then they see it and go, oh, OK, this might not be a goal.
2: But This is this is classic football problem, though. That every other sport, I mean, you just mentioned a moment ago, you know, that other, other officials are mic'd up. You know, you've got fucking referees, like this stupid modern thing they do in the modern game where footballers cover their mouths yeah. when they're talking. have got referees and managers doing it now. You know, what are they trying to hide? This is, you know, other. I think in the NFL and other some American sports, they they speak to the officials afterwards. What was their rationale for the, You know what? Why, why are covering
1: we... their mouth because uh, Wesley's lying on the floor and be, behind their hand they're saying he's not really <laughs> dead. He's not really dead.
2: <laughs> which, which serves to illustrate our point that everyone in the ground is thinking the same thing. <laughs> and, you know, they might as well join in the conversation. <laughs> ruling out McGinn's
1: goal, it's like, uh, ultimately it's not a problem. It's just, and this is, you know, this is been brought up Lineker, I think brought it up on a bigger platform, basically saying uh, the crowd needs to know what's happening because they're in the dark, and I'm I'm surprised because when uh, you know we've seen it in the World Cup where it's on the it's been on the big screens. Mm.
3: Well, and we and we knew that the ref it had been referred, and the ref walks over to the touchline and he's clearly having a look at something, and it's kind of like oh, yeah, was, and it was a surprise kind of when
1: on. it started in the Premier League because we got no none of how we'd seen VAR trial. It was like oh well, we're going to take it down a notch and not tell anybody, and mm. but that's backfired. Well, it's t- typically British, wasn't it? Typically British. Ah, oh, we'll just half-ass it. <laughs> Right, anyway, uh, then we, we finally got the goal and you thought, well, you know, it's not going to cost us this game because we're well in command. El Ghazi, good, smart finish. And you're thinking happy days because I didn't think Burnley really offered that much uh, at that stage. I'm
2: going to just say, I thought the first half... They were much better in the second. I mean, there was we'll three cakes
1: bouncing off work, but
2: uh... they they hit that. That was a warning sign. I thought there was in the in the opening, maybe fifteen or twenty minutes. They had two balls into the box that we didn't deal with. One that was um, headed, one that uh, sorry that was headed on, and also one that um, uh, one that flashed right across the face of the goal. So the, the warning signs were there. But
3: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile, with the price of just
0: about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices Picture the scene, all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Um, we, we were in control of that game, I thought. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned McGinn
1: there and uh, Miss Smith hmm. alluded after the game that he'd been kicked around the park pretty much through the game. Normally it's Gre- Grealish yeah. that uh, it was we're calling out the opposition. But yeah, that's, the, that's how they've survived in this league, isn't it? We can't just cry about yeah. it. He'd classic. They were, they
3: were an old-fashioned English team.
2: I didn't enjoy the yeah, time-wasting.
3: No, that was consistent, but I think they they had their game plan, especially in the second half, and they stuck to it, and they executed it really Does well. Does Villa
1: Park use Burnley Ball Boys, by any chance?
3: <laughs> we need a multi-ball
1: system. Yeah, but uh, anyway, let's, let's get on to the Wesley incident.
2: So that's, that's weird, because on the, on the plan that I can see, it's referred to as the Wesley <laughs> Pussy incident.
1: <laughs> well, I've already called him worse on this podcast.
2: If we're going to go full disclosure... <laughs> It's he's pathetic. he's turned
1: into like the scapegoat. Well, personally I've defended him as a player. It's just we weren't playing in a way to involve him. But one thing that's rattled mm. me, and it rattled yeah. me uh, a couple of podcasts ago, was here's a guy, and, and I heard the stats. I saw it on, online that, uh, you know, the new FIFA game has come out, FIFA 20. And he is listed as the second, because you get a stat for strength, don't you? And he's listed as the second strongest player in the whole game. The second what? strongest.
3: That's got to be after Akin Fenwa.
1: Probably. <laughs> yeah
3: so let's let's park that there
1: and then you're looking i mean we've already seen him diving or whatever but this one was this one took a new level because basically if you haven't seen it somebody's volleyed the ball (laughs) point blank range it's hit him in the head but it's not like he's out sparked out and he drops within a second he's holding onto his face then he falls to the ground.
2: It, the theatre and the drama. And was then he's lying in. on his back. It was a bit of a WWE Undertaker-style <laughs> death, wasn't you it? You can and see him still
1: breathing, so he's not dead. You know, his torso's <laughs> going up and down, and he's breathing. But he's making out he's dead. He's not moving. He's closed his eyes. <laughs> he's out. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's just weird, I've, isn't I've watched it? It is back weird. And, uh, Have you really? Oh, Christ. Players are going up to him, see if he's all right, and he's playing dead. Literally playing dead. <laughs> Meanwhile, on Twitter, the uh, Birmingham uh, Mail chap... Uh, they were already writing the obituary, weren't they? Tweet, yeah, writing the obituary. He's tweeted out, he's unconscious, Wesley's unconscious. It's like, well, he's not unconscious because I've seen him clutch his head as the ball hit him in the face, as he does <laughs> normally as soon as somebody touches him with a feather. <laughs> and you know players have
2: <laughs> one of the lesser known and used fells of the game is the feather but you know when players anyway, get bollocks
1: from free kicks <laughs> and you see them wincing around in pain no no i've got a new trick for this one i'm just going to play dead and by the way the rules are if you're unconscious you're you're out of the game that's it it's goodbye god he's on our team as well it's cringe I think that came in 2014, if it wasn't in already before that. So, uh, if according to the Birmingham Mail he is unconscious, that's Wesley off the pitch. But his teammates are coming up to him, and then they're like, "Is he dead?" So they put him in a recovery position. <laughs> at, at that, at that stage, I'm, at that stage, I'm thinking, "Oh,
2: okay, he's." he's... I forgot about that. At <laughs> that stage At that stage the Birmingham <laughs> Mailer are just about to publish the obituary. They're fucking winding up the twenty page Brazilian star. <laughs> Clickbait motors
1: <laughs> whirring away in the background. It's got into warp speed at- Quick,
2: quick, let's second Greg Evans back. <laughs> Wake up, Kendrick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: So at that stage, when his teammates put him in the recovery position, I'm thinking, oh, okay, he's probably <laughs> swallowed his tongue. I, I understand now why. You know, he got hit suddenly out of, <laughs> swallowed out his of pride. nowhere. The ball hits you in the <laughs> face. Potentially, he could swallow his tongue. But if he had swallowed his tongue, the first thing I was thinking, why is he? If he's lying on his back, why isn't anybody trying to save him? He's dying for God's sake. <laughs> Nobody was doing the whole... Because the first thing I thought was, don't you do the old tongue test? You know, somebody put your hand in his mouth and, you know, make sure his tongue's not down the back of his...
2: Well, I wonder what you were suggesting, next. Someone get him a Villa Dog. <laughs> Let it open anyone's a airway. a
1: Villa Dog up his ass just to get him back in the game. That's a sufficient test. Back the <laughs> Is street. he unconscious? Put that up his ass, see what happens. <laughs> <Put> that- <laughs> it'll, be coming, it'll be coming straight back out in about five <laughs> minutes anyway. I've, I've never seen anything like so. At that stage, I'm thinking, right, I'm drawing the line here. Now you're the boy that's cried wolf. So if you get knocked out or hit, I'm just going to leave you on. I mean, not as mm, if, dude. you know, if I went on the pitch to try to save his life, I would get done for a pitch encroachment, but... Uh... He
2: was see back on his feet before you got to him. Oh, shit. But no, it's, it's
1: ridiculous. Ah... Uh... Jordan uh, Crawley one of the, my old man said Facebook supporters said do we think that Wesley is carrying too much muscle as he doesn't seem to have any turn of pace at all and even when he gets motoring he doesn't seem to pick up speed
2: <laughs> just looks like he's running he's moving his arms
1: he's normally lying on his fucking back playing dead but I remember seeing like <laughs> clips of him you know when, we were, when <laughs> we were doing the whole the YouTube search when we were signing him and,
2: you know as well as I do that those goals were him scoring against Callum. well yeah
1: but there was some where he's put through and he powered through it was almost like if, you know, if he's playing on the shoulder and if he's through, he's, nobody's going to outmuscle him. And when you saw him, you thought, this is the return of Alan McAnally. This is Rambo 2.
3: Mc- McAnally had intent though.
1: Yeah, this is it. I don't think he has intent because he's too busy you know, trying to win a cheap foul here and there. Mm.
3: I don't know quite what his motivation is, whether it's he's just, he, he cut a very frustrated figure. There was one
2: in um, the first half as well where, he, where he, he was out wide and he made out that he'd been, he'd had his head elbowed yeah. off by, and that was another lying on the floor, my eyeballs fell out type job. I just
3: think, I think it, it's just. I think it, it's just a very desperate attempt to to get into the game.
2: Well, it erodes any. I mean, the, the refs must just think.
3: The Burnley men, the forward
1: men, and you know, even when Jay Rodriguez came on, uh, they're they're more kind of old school forwards, aren't they? They just get on with it. They're looking, for, you know, looking for any opportunity. They
3: had three battering rams. They, they yeah, the second half yeah, they yeah. bullied out. They had three absolute battering rams. I mean, Mings and Engels are, are not. They can handle themselves. They got pu- pushed from pillar to post, and then as soon as you had um. Barnes up against Gilbert I mean that was only going to end
2: we, one way when the ball we looked in the air. And very light all of a sudden didn't yeah. we that, that brings us to Burnley's goals I think They're yeah before we get on bit, to that, I just didn't... want to
1: say that's what I expect from Wesley I, I expect him to put himself about and I'm just thinking you know Wesley if, if he plays how he's built then uh, a lot of defenders are going to have bad days against him but he doesn't he doesn't go down that path
2: doesn't play to his strengths does he he's too busy yeah, fanning yeah. around with his feigning injury
3: Tarkowski just yeah. dominated him mm. which is strange actually because Villa you know as we said you know Burnley had three battering rams up front who dominated in the air but for the most part Burnley just bypassed midfield completely mm. it was back to front every time whereas actually when we got the ball on the floor we absolutely you know Westwood was kind of out of the game for most of it and I actually thought Grealish he's never um, had a target Grealish target him again just picked Loughton and went right. We've got you in our mm. back pocket. And every time they got at him, you know Loughton always used to be yeah. quite good going forward. And he sort of showed willing again. But in terms of defensively, he was a sitting duck. Mm. But we just didn't. Second half, we didn't, didn't exploit it at all, did we? And when we did, we made things happen every time. It was it, it was very frustrating. It was actually a very simple equation for Villa. If we kept the ball on the floor, we'd have won that game. But we were sort of reduced to let's just look. Let's just. Hoist it up to bloody Wesley and You know, we know how Burnley
1: got their goals, basically balls in uh in the situation where you know Rodriguez was up against Taylor and out jumped him because
2: dreadful defending.
1: Well, and just, Smith said, you know, obviously in, before the game, with, we were obviously talking about cutting off supply lines and, and not letting them cross it because that's their game. So that led me to think, well, here's an interesting situation where for the first game of the season, this is the first time this season you haven't actually played two wide players who would naturally track back to try to help cut off mm-hmm. their delivery. So I couldn't see his science there. He knew the threat. You had to cut off the supply yeah. lines for wooden and Barnes and then obviously Rodriguez when he came on. But he didn't set up to do that, which... Mm-hmm. Well, you've identified something, but the science of your uh, selection doesn't s- seem to counter that.
2: It was a bit of deja vu for me, and this what I think has been fairly leveled at us. And as, as is increasingly the case, is we're not learning the error of our ways. What happened again for me was was exactly the same as, and you could just have took changed the name of the team we were facing. I thought at 60, 70 minutes. Two or three players key players had run out of gas or had drifted out of the game. I thought McGinn, though he scored late on, I thought he was his race was again running about seventy minutes. Hurahan disappeared, was very anonymous, and it left Nakamba doing a lot of the a lot of the tidying up. when we talk about the two goals, I think that the the, the ball that neither Gilbert and El Ghazi managed to stop coming is a travesty. There's t- two of them are there and it's the most weak attempt to stop a, a cross coming in. You'll see at all and the the freedom that um, I mean both of the headed goals you just have to ask for well, what completely unchallenged yeah. you know the the ease at which you know at the beginning of the season we were going our oh, defense looks solid that we you know we are impenetrable but it's not clicking up front we actually scored two really good goals but defensively we gifted burnley didn't have to work terribly hard for those goals yeah no, i mean yeah um, and and that's that's a big worry for me
1: i mean another thing uh, and This is obviously, with a bit of hindsight, it's a selection issue. Uh, Obviously, Target came in. Which is fair enough. But then you're thinking, and when I say it's a hindsight thing, because this may have, uh, Mm. let's say, may have nullified uh, certainly the the last goal that Burnley scored. Why have you got Taylor on Mm. the bench when you could have Courtney House? Because Courtney House obviously covers two positions. If Taylor starts, fair enough, you're considering him your top left back. But if he's on the bench then Courtney House can play left back if he's coming on as a sub. But he also can play, obviously, centre back. But he also has a bit more physicality. And you're playing a team that's obviously, you know, they've got big men up front. So you would think, well, if you had to choose either or, and tar- you've already selected Target as your main man, you'd have Courtney mm. Horse on the bench. You know, we're obviously talking with hindsight now, but it would have obviously played out because Target would have got injured, come off, and then Courtney House, and then we'd have that more physical uh, mm back line to take on their three big men
2: more rounded footballer isn't yeah he, so that well. was
1: another decision i couldn't quite understand if taylor's your main man i understand if he's in the first 11 but if he's on the bench and obviously these players are fighting to be on the bench now the squad players then i thought courtney house who'd obviously come on in a playoff final so you know he can handle it would be your choice just because he offers more on the bench so didn't quite get that jonathan uh Kulf, another My own Said patron, he yes, I just wanted to get your view on the possibility of using house at left back if Target's injury is going to sideline him for a few weeks. Hoping the injury won't keep him out as thought he was very good Saturday, but surely he can do a better job than Taylor. Against both West Brom and Derby in particular at Villa Park last season, he played very well at left back. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I don't think Smith's going to do it because if he's got him on the bench, if Taylor's on the bench above him uh, in this game against Burnley, it's hard to see him uh, leapfrogging him, but we'll, we shall
3: see. I mean, I've said before in Irish times, I, I like Courtney Hawes. I don't know if necessarily he's a he's the first name on the team sheet as a mm-hmm. starter, but as you've said, I think he brings a lot to your squad. He's a really good player to have. I think he's a good athlete. I think he's, even he offers probably more going forward than Taylor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he's just he's just quicker across the ground.
2: Physical presence, you know, it's horses for courses.
3: I I give Taylor fair credit in that he actually has started the season reasonably well, but we can't stand on, se- on like sentimentality and I hold and I hold so little sentimentality towards the guy it's <laughs> unreal. <laughs> it's kind of like if if, if 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 you know we've got we've got a big enough squad that if you have a bad game and make stupid mistakes and don't learn from them. Sorry, but you're planning the end of twenty threes next week.
2: Well, at this level, we, you know, you talk about being sentimental, and it, and it, it is, it is exactly that. That I, I don't really particularly dislike Taylor. I just think that he's he's limited. He's as I've, I've often said, he's about a six out of ten at the, in his position at left back, and he's a zero out of ten going forward. At least with House, I think that you've got, you know, and and as we saw with Target, that you've you've got someone who can who can get forward and give you an option, and who who has more. I don't know more of a modern footballer about him and I think when we've also we've got to start adapting how we approach different teams yeah. as well that the, the Burn, Burnley aren't, aren't the best footballing team but they came with a plan and and they executed him and I have to say that I think you know there's, there's a lot of talk about how competitive we've been yada 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 uh, well not not competitive enough to be winning games that we should have won. Uh, is is my yeah? We're it's, just it's, we're not.
3: Well, I just think we're not streetwise at all. That's our downfall. Our downfall is between our ears. The yeah, On do that with competitiveness,
1: in the killer stat, mm-hmm. where we're only one point better off them in the season, we got relegated. If you look at all of those games, uh, I think I mentioned this uh, at, the, at the top. We only got beat by one goal in those first seven games. In any of the games we lost, so we were technically competitive mm-hmm. in that season. It's just once players become disillusioned because they're not winning games. That's where the kind of rot sets mm. in. I mean, what I will say about Dean Smith is one of the things that Brentford fans and Warsaw fans flagged uh, before we got him is he does go through these, you know, fallow periods of results where he'll mm-hmm. go along long. Mm-hmm. Long period of results without getting wins. Yeah. So you're thinking at least. He, I mean, if you're looking on the looking for a silver lining, he's he's managed to get teams out of those uh, poor runs. Yeah. And and he did that last season with Villa because we were on the road to nowhere. It'd suddenly, bang, ten game winning streak.
2: Yeah. I, th- I mean, I'm not going to dwell too much on this. I think the the one worrying thing about those two trends is that when he's gone on on fallow periods, that they they're 15 games yeah. in length, and that's not something in in the Premier League that um there's not that margin of of 40 plus games uh, and i do think that we we've, we've got to act quicker because the changes that can be affected are obvious now you know, it's it's about changing key personnel in game for me. I think he's got a big problem that he's he's stuck with until January with the striking situation. Yeah, it's a massive. I work. don't think you can necessarily level that at Smith. It is a massive problem, and I think because it's one that we unfortunately predicted. Because if any predicted. player
1: in that team needs competition to basically put a fire up his ass or or a Villa dog, it is uh, Wesley.
2: Well, someone said to me that I think I I think as soon as Codgers fit, I think we're going to see him. Well,
1: just sorry, just uh, quickly, uh, Mark Hansen uh, has a point about. Wesley, uh, sorry, but mom's patron, he says, do you think we're struggling with the physical side of this league as we don't seem to be getting much protection from referees, although Wesley mm. and his
3: piss-poor presence at being knocked out does not help at all? <laughs> no. No, is my answer to that. It's, it's not necessarily... The physicality, maybe in terms of fitness, and actually, you know, as I said last week, you know, we're having to work very hard in games because we don't control the ball. But the main thing for me is between our ears, our sort yeah. of football intelligence is just stupidity at the moment now we, we've lost games because of ineptitude not because of lack of ability or because we've been played off the park
2: and, and to evidence now, we, we your
3: point we don't play smart l- l-
2: Grealish is one that he, he smashes over from 18 yards is is yeah. Trezeguet is has the freedom of Villa Park yeah. to his right and yeah, our and marquee I, um, player has to be picking him out
3: yeah I mean I, I you know when you see that in the in the ground it, it kind of goes past you and then I saw the replay of it afterwards and dreadful the more you see it it's it's really bad Mm -hmm. and and it's where you compare Grealish to his peers and where they're at at the moment Uh in terms of the England team you know you look at say um, Barkley in that position Mason Mount what's his name Madison is probably the main one at Leicester those Mm -hmm. guys in that position I would say especially Madison the way he's played this season if he gets in and around the box he's at least hitting the target you know if the keeper makes a great save fair enough. You've been greedy, but you've made the keeper work. But if you're going to take it on, you've got to hit the target from that kind of range. You can't balloon it over. When there's an easy pass on
1: more evidence to what Chris has just said about intelligence Dean Smith said because a lot of people were saying we were blowing out of our ass and it was a fitness issue against Arsenal that's why we faded as Dean Smith said <laughs> after the game you know the running stats were, were right up there and they you know they never dropped off so it, that isn't the point it is as Chris said it's more about game management and being more clinical and more clinical doesn't necessarily mean Grealish having a shot in that position it means laying it off
3: so uh,
0: hmm.
3: and and sometimes you running stats can be interpreted one of two ways, can't they? You can say, Well, yeah, you're putting you're putting a shift in, that's brilliant. You're working very hard, but you know, you look at the top sides and yeah. the ball does the work. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you keep the ball moving, you allow yourself to be economical when you want to just take a little bit of the pace out of the game and go, do you know what, we'll we'll sort of we'll pick our moment when to go here. And then, yeah. and then you can sort of hit the afterburner when you get into the position. You've worked the opportunity, but I just think we're we're constantly working so hard to either win the ball back or play this very sort of blood and thunder game, which is is great to watch with the likes of Begin and Grealish, sort of picking the ball up, trying to take people on and make things happen. But a little bit more sort of just composure when you get into key areas.
1: Very quickly, uh, did you have any problems with packing in McGinn, Horahan? Grealish on top of having a defensive uh, midfielder in the camber I mean is it a, is it a case of sacrificing balance to get the personnel in there I mean we used to see this with England when they tried to shoehorn Gerrard Lampard Scholes and Beckham all obviously into one team so they were
3: I think not but it does depend on the 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 opposition because of the way Burnley played they had we had the extra man in midfield so we were playing a four but with whenever we had the ball, it actually became a five because he's a target mm, would go mm. or Gilbert would go. Mm. Grealish will drift around. The Smith said Grealish was playing further free, up man. this time. Yeah. Yeah, he was basically in a number 10. So it wasn't like a flat four, as it were. It was almost like a diamond shape and then the, the two fullbacks would bomb on. Um, I prefer it. It's a more fluid system, whether or not that will need to be interchangeable. You know, you, when you play playing the likes of City or Liverpool, would I drop Horahan and play someone like a Louise or, a, you know, a, a more defensive midfielder. Well, you might opt to Probably, just drop yeah. in
2: Yuanka both Nakamba and a Nakamba and a Louise, don't yeah. you? Perhaps. Who yeah. I thought Nakamba, we haven't really mentioned. I thought he did have a very, very good game uh, against yeah. Burnley. Yeah,
3: he's, he's he's very much growing into his role, isn't he? Mm. You, you can see he knows his role. He's much more. He just has the look of a player who's played at a high standard already.
2: Yeah, it looks good. Looks very promising. You know, that,
3: that, yeah, yeah and, and yeah, there were there were lots of positives to take from the game, but the unfortunate sort of thing that I take away when I'd rather not is it's the same shit that we're moaning about mm. every week and that's becoming a bit of a broken record and it, week on week it's becoming more frustrating because the press say it, we say it, everyone's saying it, you're not learning. Players or the manager? Dare I say both? More, more the, I'd say it's more the players, but the manager has to take a little bit of it because yeah. it's up to him to change it. If they're not learning, pull them out, put someone in who will already in this episode uh, alone scratched a heads,
1: uh, where Smith has said one thing and then his actions suggest mm. something else and they don't
3: quite add up but
1: mm. uh, we
2: shall see there's a couple of delusions that have that have crept in
3: well you know he's learning the league as well and he has to be smarter because Dyche was proactive at half time said this isn't working I'm going to go three yeah. up front and it worked. and you know, the guy comes off the bench scores the goal the three lads up front absolutely battered the back four mm for forty five minutes and you know were they good value to get him out of the game, probably yeah, to be fair, on our second half performance?
1: Well, we only had three shots on target as as did Burnley and uh you know, but we were obviously the home team forcing the issue, so we didn 't really have that much uh, quality in terms of efforts but that's been par the cause in most of the games so far we'll create chances but it's not like we're not peppering are we well
2: and we had a few corners as well or a few set pieces in this game and there was room for improvement there in a couple of times trying to be a bit clever
1: still on those
2: corners mm, it's not our forte cleverness I don't think and we've, we've mentioned it a couple of times uh, and there's nothing I hate more than if at a crucial pivotal moment where the, the ball needs to be delivered in one of two things we seem to do we opt for a stupid poorly executed Short corner, or we hit the first man. I mean, I've got, I'm, I'm all for creativity, but yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to overanalyze that.
1: Next step is obviously Norwich and Brighton. I think Norwich game is going to be interesting, and I think that's where we'll find out a lot about Nakamba. We just we just mentioned him, but uh, mm. we have problems against Norwich. We, they beat us every every game at carrow roads in the championship than the three times we Mm. played them do we just take them on go toe to toe see who comes out or do we play some kind of defensive game and try to uh, catch them on the counter and do the you know traditional away kind of approach to things or do we try to dominate and we go and play our game
3: whatever that you know whatever that is at the moment
2: i think that that they've conceded a few more goals than us if i'm I'm right in saying i think that we i think we have to get at them and i i think that our approach needs to be needs to be positive I, i think we've got to tighten up at the back and and learn from the errors of our ways and and I do think we'll be all right. It is a game for me that we've got to be going away to places like Norwich and trying to win.
1: That's what Manchester City said.
2: (laughs) We've (laughs) we've just got to go and do it. I I think that we're we're a long way away from being a a Manchester City but I think that if we've got aspirations to stay in this division we've, we've got to claw above the teams who for me they look like two teams in the league who are going to be drawn away in Watford and Newcastle. Judging by Newcastle's defeat at Leicester, um, and I think that inevitably there's going, you know, we need to get ourselves into that fourth, fifth, sixth from bottom and start clawing our way up the division.
1: Yeah, because uh, obviously Newcastle and Watford have been in games where they've basically shipped goals. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. haven't been battered. We, I mean, we've lost games that we sh- were in positions to yeah. win or at least in you know, Bournemouth when we committed suicide in the first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> opening minutes that we you know we could have with a bit more urgency maybe have clawed a draw out and, of that. and
2: that is the positive to be taken that the margins have been fine but and that, and that's the to take chris's that's the frustration really that the the errors are glaring and you think that they're, they're rectifiable yeah. Um, but for me, that's that's the reason why. Yeah. It's it's not an easy place to go, and our history is not fantastic at, at Carrow Road in recently, at least.
1: But the news flash is Norwich and Brighton are the two teams immediately above us. So uh, that's a Must good win. point. Good place to start
2: winning. Yes. Exactly. Exactly.
3: Brighton after the uh, international break really needs to be where they put a bit of a marker down. You know, show that they've actually done something productive in the international break because it is a, the break comes potentially at a good time for Villa, but they have to make use of that time time to really just iron out you know yeah. a few of the players are going to go off in internationals but they are going to need to do a lot of work i mean
2: we'll be fresh from bahrain as well so
3: yeah good. nicely tanned mm. right then uh, is it time for a scott
1: hogan touch count challenge oh i'd forgotten about this fuck yeah it is <laughs> fantastic ladies and gentlemen we are back it is the scott hogan touch count challenge sponsored by bahrain Right. Stoke, the mighty Stoke, who uh, are languishing again at the bottom of the table now. Stoke played Nottingham Forest and unfortunately got beat 3-2. Well, unfortunate Mm. if you're a Stoke fan, I mean, I I have a soft spot for Forest, so I wasn't too bothered about seeing them go top of the league temporarily. Unfortunately, uh, Scott Hogan, not even on the bench. Wow. Wow. This is the thing I was thinking. Oh, maybe he went off against Crawley uh, in the cup game, injured, but he wasn't because Nathan Collins got sent off. Sorry, this is the uh, the Crawley Stoke League Cup. Which they also mid-weeker. lost, am I right? In yes, they got beat five three on penalties <laughs> after drawing one one. But they went down to ten men after Nathan Collins got sent off on the sixty second minute. So Hogan had to make way. You know, normally you take one of your strikers off. That's a position that I don't think Dean Smith would have done. I think you're playing Crawley say lower echelons certainly below stoke you, you go two up top three in midfield and you you have a go i think that's what dean smith would have been doing if he went into that situation i think the stoke manager thought well shit we're down to 10 men uh really that's nine <laughs> men because we've also got hogan on the pitch <laughs> we we better get back to 10 men by uh subbing off Hogan, bringing on someone with a pulse so scott hogan 62 minutes of action. Wow. Who's going first? I'll take the way. lead on this one. 62 minutes of action. One shot, he gets in there. How many touches? 15. 15
3: from Mr. Ah, uh, the old, if in doubt, think less. Yeah, it's mm. probably a safe route, really. Isn't
1: right, it? Uh, second round of uh, um, guesses,
2: Mr. Bird. 13. Mm. I'm going to go 11.
1: Well, we're going into the third and final round, and I have to tell you... Well, I'm going to give you a clue. Uh, we haven't actually formulated a proper rule here, but none of you are within five touches wow. of what he had. Okay. God,
3: was oh, he that bad? Fucking hell.
2: Oh, this is a real quandary, this is. Did he ever?
3: <laughs> did, did did he have an anomaly and actually get a kick that game, or was he as shit as usual? That is the question. Is. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him the benefit of the doubt here. I'm going to go, wow. I'm going to say 20 touches. Ooh. Dan probably knows better than me, and he'll go with single figures. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, obviously, I gave you the clue. 60 minutes.
2: Uh, surely he didn't have less than 10 touches in 60 minutes. Sure. Five. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Chrispud went the right way.
2: Oh 20, no! It's 20, a conspiracy. 20, wow. Twenty-five. The ball touches. surely just bounced wow. off him twenty-four yeah. times. <laughs> oh. was he, was he, Twenty-five.
1: <laughs> like. A, I think that's a. That's got to be a record. That's a personal best. What was he doing? That's a personal best. Oh, he played in goal.
3: That's.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> his new position. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> He's the sweeper key. Exactly. Oh, I don't believe exactly.
1: it. I don't believe
0: it. Oh.
3: Twenty-five touches. That's about as many touches as he that's had in ever. the whole of last season, isn't it? Pretty much, 25 touches and only one, only one shot though in 25 touches. That's shocking.
1: Right, <laughs> next round. This could be the deciding round if uh, the Ooh. Budmeister cranks into this.
3: We're gonna go uh
1: we're gonna go back to that uh Stoke to forest three game and obviously uh former Villa Man came on loan at the end of the uh second season we're in the championship, Mr Louis Grabon scored the third goal which ultimately uh gave them Ooh. the win in the three in Scruffy the three two win. Well. So uh mm-hmm. he played the whole game and Rogers is going first on this one. How many touches did he have in ninety minutes?
2: Twenty-seven.
1: Twenty-seven. First guess, Mister Bird. Thirty. <gasps> is that a gas from the Rogers? <gasps> Magical break. It's, it's this is crunch serious. time. So, uh, second guess, Mister
2: Rogers. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Mister Bird.
1: Um. Thirty-two. <laughs> 32. Right, going into the yeah, next a hard worker, uh, right? and the final deciding round, I'm going to tell you that both of you are within five. <laughs> Ooh. Dan Rogers up to the okay. 29.
3: Mr. Bird. Um, what did I say? Tw- I said 20, 28 and 31.
1: Uh, no, it? you said 30 and 32. Okay.
3: 35. Okay. 30- Four. Oh,
1: no. Oh, I was tempted to give you a uh, another clue. And the clue would have been, if you were writing down these predictions, you might have got it. But the the clue was you'd have to nail it bang on to have any chance of winning this round because Rogers had it cordoned off. It was 28, so he had 27 and 29. 1-1. Um, one, one.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just
1: like the villa, isn't it? Fucking Rodriguez. Like I'm villa. nodding it
2: in past you, Heaton, you old bastard. <laughs> It's just another
3: stupid bit of comedy defending, right. isn't it? So well, we're going to yeah. go
1: to a game, the last game that.
3: You're Philippe
2: Senderos in this. It's just
3: fucking <laughs> Route One Rogers, in it, with his lumping it up? One fucking don't man. <laughs> Anti
2: football bollocks. Right. <laughs> this is going to go in off Grant Holt's cock. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh
3: fuck this! I'm throwing myself to the ground. Oh, That's oh, it. I'm playing the Wesley role now. I'm dead. going down. I'm
1: playing dead. Can you just move his tongue around and put him into the recovery position?
2: Hang on. Let me get one of my frozen villa dogs to stoke him back into life. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hello, and welcome to the final heat and the end of a long intellectual trail for our two finalists.
1: All right, we're going to go to the last the last game that was played uh, in the English uh, Football League before we recorded this podcast. That was uh, Leicester thumping our relegation mm-hmm. rivals, Newcastle, and their uh, illustrious ah. leader, 5-0. <laughs> Bruce but bud's Fantastic. up first, and the question is, how many touches did Jamie Vardy get? Scorer of scores. Two goals oh, in the game. Two goals. He had four
3: shots Good. as well.
1: There's another Shorts, clue. Sir. Twenty.
3: 20...26. Twenty-six.
1: Twenty-six from Mr. Bud. Eighteen. Rogers. Eighteen. Second mm. round. <laughs> um. Thirty. Thirty. Now it's Mr. Rogers.
2: Twenty-two. Bang on. <laughs> oh my god. On <laughs> <laughs> sliding on my knees. Grandels. <laughs> It's been, ah, oh, enough the From the
3: death. I'm calling VAR <laughs> on that one. <laughs>
2: oh, be, be okay.
3: <laughs> not letting you <laughs> fucking celebrate this.
2: Uh, Make him sweat. I,
1: actually, VA, I'll tell you what VAR would be, what it would constitute of. It would be a, a secret camera in each of your rooms where you record this to see if you're not <laughs> checking statistics. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, that's actually a good. Why did I not think of that?
1: I would need to re- review footage of seeing what you've, your internet activity has been in the last <laughs> one minute.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not information I'm willing to give up, to be honest. There's a
1: man, Vardy, who uh 22 touches and uh, he can change a game, score two
2: goals. Oh, M- Mr. Who surpassed Cristiano Ronaldo's goal scoring. He actually record.
1: had less touches than Scott Hogan did against Crawley. Right, so uh, anyway, Mister Rogers back off his drought. So I can't remember how many months it's been since
3: you've won a last. You've won a Scott
1: Hogan. No, I
2: think I've been whipping Bud for <laughs> I weeks. <can't> remember. Now.
3: <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to reiterate what I said as I was walking out the villa on Saturday. I didn't really much. <laughs>
1: fuck off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. So gracious in defeat. If
1: you're playing this game uh, when you're just walking the dogs or something, I think you're missing out. You need somebody else to no, This is the kind against, of game I you think.
3: play at about 7 o'clock on Christmas Day when you're smashed with a family oh. you've all been arguing all day. <laughs> Christmas Day Scott Hogan touch count box, special. Box set. Oh. Yeah,
1: break it out on Boxing oh. Day while you're eating the turkey sandwiches. Right, <laughs> anyway, a great comeback from uh, Mr. Rogers. Maybe it's time to get Stokes back on to take on Rogers, the the current
3: yeah, champion. Stokes normally w- gets his ass handed to him by me, though, doesn't he? So, Well, that's it.
1: Now now, uh, his bogeyman's out of the picture, and the current current champion of the Scott Hogan touch count is Mr. Rogers. That's how we're going to do this long term. It's winner stays on,
3: basically.
2: Nice knowing you, bud. See you, mate. Bye.
3: I'm just going to enjoy my <laughs> night's sleep, though, Dan, because <laughs> you've got to be up at six oh, o'clock God. and you're going to be recording this <laughs> till two in the morning. So. <laughs>
2: he speaks the truth Sunday
3: nights in bed by 10 (laughs)
0: Sunday nights in bed by 10 (laughs) right so anyway
1: thank you very much for listening as always please do spread the words follow obviously on Spotify subscribe on Apple and whatever other Podcast. Uh, I was going to say furniture you listen to, but uh, apps that you listen to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can also join. <laughs> Subscribe in your bureau. You can also. Jo- I'm just. On, I'm just on my Lilo. <laughs> you can also join the Mad Few on the chaise You lawn. can also join the Mad Few Facebook group where we have discussions throughout the week. And please do uh, become a My Own oh Mansed patron and help support the show. We need to get those numbers up to compete with the likes of these Spurs and Arsenal podcasts, etc. Go to myoldmanset.com and click on the patron menu option for more details and that way you can access the great show that we call the anti-preview which is us cutting loose a bit more because because it's not going out in the public domain we can probably get away and not get sued as much so uh (laughs) speak for (laughs) yourself (laughs) (laughs) right anyway let's get out of here and come back in to record this anti-preview show until next time it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye
2: Goodbye. My old man said...
1: Right, bonus points. Old Brighton came on on the 57th minute. How many touches? One stab. He's played 33 minutes. Old Brighton, how many touches mm. in 33 minutes? Nine. 12. Forty-four. Forty four. Fucking fair play. Why man. did we get rid of him? Why?
2: Why can we just give him can we just give him giant, like giant no, it's, it's ginormous nose. <laughs> Huge. Can we,
3: can we give him El <laughs> <Al-Ghazi? laughs> Swap him for El Garzi. He'll yeah. come home,
2: will he? He'll want to come home. Yeah, when he's when he when he runs like Robert Pires, that's when he'll come home. That's the way it oh, goes. Oh yes.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery.